Blog Talk Radio.
Rising and Better Love, you are listening to the Truth to Power show. My name is Beverly, and we have uh, Eddie Rodriguez with us tonight, and uh, he's looking at Forbidden, the tropical dance music of Cuba. And uh, if we have some uh, interference, it's because Eddie Rodriguez is in Puerto Rico, and there's a storm there. So um, thank you, Eddie, for bringing this tropical music to us. Well, thank you very much, Beverly. Uh, better love to you, as you say. Um, I'm always honored to join you on your show, Truth to Power, on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks again for inviting me. And yeah. we have something interesting tonight to share with you, with your listeners. Um, since um, 1960 or 1959 until today, 2023, the music that you're going to be here tonight on the beginning of the first two sets uh, are going to be some groups that from Cuba. The first one that we just heard, Iraquere. And uh, Iraquere was the first Cuban group to ever win a Grammy uh, in the 70s, a they were so, um, you know, at, you know, ahead of their time. You know, they were. If you if you heard just even in that in that first uh, track, we had uh, you know the horns. You had an electric guitar. You know, the it, there was so many influences. This is all from the from the genius of of uh, the master pianist composer 
musician, a songwriter by the name of Chucho Valdez. And in that group, uh, there's a lot of uh, musicians that ended up um, coming to the U.S. in, in exile, you know, because they couldn't return to Cuba. Um, and uh, one of those artists is a saxophonist by the name of Paquito de Rivera, um, incredible saxophonist, uh, um, you know, it's just an amazing composer and musician, classical as, as well as jazz. And, and you've heard him here on this track uh, with Irakere. And the other one was a trumpeter by the name of uh, Arturo Sandoval. You know, Arturo Sandoval is, is another great, uh, one of our superstars in Latin music, especially in the in the jazz world. So he, he, he came up with Irakere and ended up, you know, coming to the U.S. And, um, he lives in the U.S., but, you know, besides Arturo, Arturo and um, uh, Carlos Emilio, the guitarist, the rest of the band was was pretty much Afro-Cuban. You know, they were black. Um, I think um, uh, Carlos del Puerto was, was light-skinned. But, you know, if you saw the video, um, I don't know if they had, we had a video for that, but um, if you look at Iraquere, you know, you can tell this is, a, 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 you know, Afro-Cuban um, members, musicians, and, and some and some you know, white musicians, some Cubans that were you know learned and you know and studying music in the conservatory in Cuba, and that's all they had to do was music. I mean, they had nothing mm-hmm. else because it was a dictatorship government. And so tonight um, we're going to hear some music from Iraque. Um, next set coming up. And um, after that, we're going to hear about another great group from Cuba uh, called Los Van Van. Uh, once again, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at the genre in terms of the style. Uh, what we just heard uh, from Iraquere was a style that was called Songo, S-O-N-G-O. And, and it was a... It wasn't the traditional Cuban music that we all know, like Guantanamera and things like that. Um, or, or from the Buena Vista Social Club, which was more from the, from the western part of Cuba, Santiago. This is Havana, what we're looking at, uh, what we're hearing tonight. And so, you know, the music that uh, was coming out in the 70s from Cuba, the, the Cuban exile community in Miami uh, vowed never to have that music see the light of day on any commercial mm. Spanish radio station in the country or television wow. or media. And their, their um, reasoning behind that was they said, well, these artists are making, we're going to help them make money, you know, by playing their music and then they're going to be doing tours, et cetera, and so on, making money. All that money is going to go to Fidel Castro, and we are not going to do anything to, to help that dictator tyrant. And so, you know, mm. the, the powers that be at that time, believe it or not, you know, Cubans, when they came to the U.S., they were, they were already into radio and television versus the Puerto Ricans when we came to the U.S. 
you know, we were into labor, you know, working, you know, mm-hmm. different things, not, 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 um, not technology, you know, uh, technology of that time, which was uh, radio and television, mm-hmm. and news that was our media. And so the uh, powers that be in the U.S. Um, from the Cuban exile community um, vowed that, you know, this music would not be heard on, on commercial radio in the U.S. And it's been 63 years. And the embargo, uh, you know, on Cuba, the U.S. embargo on Cuba is um, also has has um, allowed for a censorship, so to speak, of the culture of music, which is music is not politics. Music is creativity. It's feeling, you know, God-gifted talent, you know, to play an instrument or to write a composition. You know, so, you know, tonight we're going to hear some music. Uh, I hope your listeners enjoy it. And, um, you know, once again, it's, uh, we're calling it Forbidden Fruit or Forbidden Music. Um, mm-hmm. Now, believe it or not, in 2023, we're starting to see groups from the U.S. play that music, the same style of music, but not the one that we hear, but kind of. Because from Songo, S-O-N-G-O, in the 90s, it went into Timba, T-I-M-B-A. And now in the okay. 2020s, Cuban Salsa. And so, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to do, we're gonna do Songo and Timba tonight. And then we're going to wrap up this show with, um, you know, someone that we were honoring on, in the month of June, um, the late great pianist, composer, Puerto Rican from Hell's Kitchen, New York, uh, Hilton Ruiz. Uh, rest in peace. He was murdered in, in, on Bourbon Street in, New, in the French Quarter of New Orleans. And murder was a, never solved. Um, and so he, he, he passed on a, June 6th. 2006, mm-hmm. and, and so he was in a coma before he died. But uh, you know, it was a sad, sad situation, and uh, I have an entire story about that. But that's not going to happen tonight, which is going to wrap up <laughs> June with 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 the music, some of the music that we haven't played in the last three Thursdays. Well, we played a lot of music in the last three Thursdays of Hilton um, Hilton's, uh, Hilton Reeves' recordings. Uh, but tonight we're going to wrap up with uh, with some recordings by Hilton that we we didn't uh, have on those shows. So I hope uh, your listeners enjoy the the show. And and once again, Beverly, um, you know I can't thank you enough for for allowing a Puerto Rican from the Bronx to uh, <laughs> collaborate with an African American woman in Detroit to discuss you know Latin music and and the spirituality. Right. Of, surrounding it and the politics surrounding it. And, you know, we've discussed this on previous um, programs, you know, how, you know, at one point, you know, the black musicians, although they were Latin musicians, they had to go to the colored section if they ever traveled through the South, you know, and the white musicians, mm-hmm. you know, Latin too, but they didn't want, they didn't want to be separate. They did not want to be separated from their, you know, from their, from their bandmates, but you know uh, they had to. They had to go to the white yeah. bathroom, white water fountain, white 
uh, dining room white hotels. And so, you know, it's, uh, it was hard for, for, uh, for Latin music, uh, as, as, as hard as it was for, for all the black musicians that were in, in the South and traveling around the country, you know, just playing their music. So, uh, um, yeah, I hope, now, uh, do, now, during that uh-huh. time, during that time, did they have to deal with that in uh, Cuba, in their country, in their land? No, the no separation. No, and, mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, you know, I can say that in Puerto Rico, in particular, there's mm-hmm. never there's been a governor, uh, you know, because of the Commonwealth and it's a territory of the U.S. Uh, the first uh, governors of, of Puerto Rico were military governors. They were generals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was just right after the Spaniard Armada, you know, had, had left. You know, they, the U.S. Army Armed Forces came into on the island, and, and they took over the island from the, from the Spaniards. So, you know, those uh, generals were, you know, they were appointed by the Secretary of State in Washington, D.C., and they were white. And mm-hmm. even though we have Puerto Ricans, you know, that are all different shades, uh, the governor of Puerto Rico has always been someone other than an Afro-Latino Puerto Rican mm-hmm. or an afro mm-hmm. uh, you know, which a lot of people here in, in Puerto Rico can relate to, but you know, it's it's the politics, is the power plays, and uh, so um, you know, I don't think we'll see a, uh, an Afro Puerto Rican governor anytime soon. But in Cuba, don't forget that after the revolution with Fidel Castro, Fidel Castro was not white. You know, so mm-hmm. um, you know that regime became it's a dictatorship. They said, "Oh, freedom for our country," but. They turned it into a dictatorship, and uh, right now, you know, they have all the money, the Castros and their people, and the rest mm-hmm. of the population is poor. They don't even have bread at some point. You know, I mean, everything was rationed, mm-hmm. and and uh, the last thing I heard was that the Cuban peso is, isn't worth anything anymore in Cuba. You have to buy food if you're going to buy it with American dollars. Now, these people don't get paid in American dollars. I don't know wow. how to do it, but, you know, um, okay. thank God that you know, the, there's something good that came out of Cuba throughout the years, which is their music. And um, we're going to give you a taste of some, some of the things that were happening in the 70s and with this next set coming up, which is Ida Kere. Available on YouTube, I R E I R A K E R A E Ira Kere. Um, and if you have, um, if you have a, you know, you can Shazam it, you know, and, uh, and find out all the information from another phone. That if you have it, must have like it is playing. Uh, but um, I had a lot of fun putting this uh, curating tonight's show, so. Uh, Without any further ado, let's hear some Ida Kitty from Cuba. Now, is is Ida is this the uh, the twelve Y twenty three playing next? Yeah, play that. I I think the entire set of Ida Kitty. But yeah, the you whole, can do that. Okay, okay. Have, uh, all right. Jomara, okay. you have uh, um, Bacalao con pan. Uh, there's a few really good ones there that you have. So. 
I'm sure okay. that uh, whatever we hear is going to be great. All righty, here we go. <laughs>
Habana Vieja y su Prado, con su hermoso malecón, ¿sí? Respetando a los presentes, lo digo de corazón, lo de La Habana, mi hermano, no tiene comparación. Y yo me siento orgulloso de... Las lágrimas se están desfigurando, 
Todita en la belleza de tu cara Domina esa aflicción dulce y humana Domina y no sigas más llorando Y resplandezca de alegría Igual que el carnaval Y resplandezca de alegría Xiomara Mayora
We are listening to the forbidden, the tropical dance music of Cuba. And this Cuban music has been uh, forbidden in the United States since the 70s. And we want to thank Eddie Rodriguez for bringing this music to us so we can enjoy it and see the talent of the artists uh, that was in uh, Cuba. You know something? Uh huh. You know, Beverly. You know, this is this is incredible. You know, the sound that we're hearing. You know, it's uh, it it doesn't get old. You know, that sound that came out um, Cuba in the seventies. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the songs was was talking about how how beautiful Cuba is. You know, and and songs like that that came out of Cuba during that time in the seventies. You know, the exile community in the United States, you know, could not understand why, you know, people were, were still living there under a, a, a dictatorship, you know, regime, you know. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, there was a time that you couldn't, Cubans couldn't, you exile, uh, Amer- Cuban Americans couldn't even travel to, to Cuba. Um, you know, some of the laws have been changed so that, you know, if you have family in Cuba, you can go visit. But uh, to get a visa to tra- for those musicians to travel to the United States and perform, you know, in a, in a, in a performing arts center or an arena, you know, or a festival, um, there's been a lot of artists uh, that have been booked for shows that, that are from Cuba and because of the visa to, for entry into the United States uh, it was difficult to get them here and, and the the, um, the reasoning behind that was obviously that if these artists came to America that they were going to stay here you know they were going to uh, they were going to flee um, you know, claim asylum, you know, here in the U.S., you know, from a dictatorship government. Um, and most of the time, all these groups had a, they had a road manager who was, you know, part of the government, you know, so to speak, and, you know, uh, handled all the business, all the money, everything that had to do with with the tour. And so, you know, there was a, you know, groups that came to the U.S. that, uh, they were booked, and I should say, to, to perform in the U.S., and they never made it here. Um, I can tell you about one incident in the 90s with uh, with the Buena Vista Social Club. They were the biggest thing, you know, at that time coming out of Cuba. And these men were in the 80s and 90s. And um, I, um, I was uh, the VP of, of sales and marketing for the Latin American, the Spanish-speaking countries, for the Read Me Dem organization, which is a uh, uh, the organizer of the most important international music industry trade show that takes place every year in Cannes, France. A um, hundred countries, you know, eighty, a hundred countries are represented at that particular trade show and convention and conference. And there was business conducted there because you would sell the license to this country. If you own a license for the U.S., you were the, the owner of the master. Um, you were able to negotiate a fee for someone in another country to to be able to distribute your 
content or your album. And um, they would, you know, you would send it to them and they would bill them, except for Cuba. You know, anything to do with Cuba, you couldn't handle any money. You couldn't buy it. And so, you know, the, the, the majors, uh, you know, because we're still under that embargo, don't get, you know, don't forget that embargo still going on. And so the way that the multinationals got around that and some independence at that time uh, was by licensing the music from Cuba, from the labels in Cuba, which, you know, you had a gram, you had beef, you had, um, you know, four or five other record labels. In other words, it was just not just one record label. Um, and you would sell, they would sell the rights of their music at Miguel to people from other countries. So, uh, for instance, from, um, one of my deals, one of my deals was with, uh, was at uh, um, um, Germany. They wanted to uh, license all uh, 10 singles, you know, for an album. And um, so for that particular license, it was, um, it came out to, you know, $10,000 just for that, for that license for those 10 tracks. So, um, at Medem, they, they will write you a check for $5,000 on the spot. You know, you would have a contract mm-hmm. there. And you do that with 5, 10, 15, 20 countries, you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, depending on the market. And you would walk right. out of there with some, you know, some, uh, you know, make, you know, it was the music business taking place. Today, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen. All the music is distributed worldwide now through uh, digital service providers like you know, Spotify and, and Apple and, and Deezer and, and Pandora and so on and so on. Um, uh, Tidal, which is a good one. Uh, and, and then you have digital um, distributors, you know, which um, now are started as independents and now belong to the re- made multinational record labels. So, you know, everything has changed now, so that music can get out. But uh, the majors, what they did was they licensed the music from Cuba to their office in Spain, let's say. Let's say, okay. uh, you know, a multinational record label from the U.S., big, one of the big three. They have an office in Spain. Well, Spain doesn't mm-hmm. have an embargo against Cuba. They, you know, they, people, as a matter of fact, Italy, all those countries, they, they travel to, to, to Cuba on vacation. So um, you would see um, CDs, and you would see at that time CDs, and but still today that music is licensed to a multinational that's in another country. Um, the other way, the independents used to do it through uh, through Panama. They have a record label in Panama, license it to Panama, and then export it to the U.S. Um, but mm-hmm. it was tough. It was tough. They made it tough on these amazing musicians and talented composers and singers and, you know, creative souls, you know, amazing talent. So yeah. <clears throat> I, hope, I hope people are, you know, are getting to, to see the picture here, how, how uh, an embargo against a, uh, a tyrant like Fidel Castro and, and, and mm-hmm. even people too, because it's Cuba, um, how that could, um, stump the growth of a style oh. of music 
that when you hear it, I don't care if you, you know, where you are, it's an uplifting music. It's just that beat right. of drums. It, you know, they, they take their African roots to heart, you know, and, and, and combine it with, with horns and, and, you know, a bass and, and vocals and choruses and piano and arrangements that that people, you know, love to dance to. And so at that time it was called songo. And um, I don't know if you have any more Irakere there on, on the set list, but uh, there was one particular um, number that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Santana did. And it was called Bacalao Compan, you know? I mean, Santana did Oye Como Va by, by Tito Puente, who was a composer. And Santana also did something from Chucho Valdez and Irakere called Bacalao Compan. And in a in a rock version, not all the way, but a pop version. And so, you know, we had some uh, some selections tonight that uh, I hope your your audience enjoys. And you know, I hope they call us and uh, you know, you give them the call in number so they can give their mm-hmm. comments or let us know how how they like the music and you know what their point of view is on on the topic of you know forbidden music in the U.S. How censorship of music we don't censor music or literary art any cultural arts in the united states except for cuban music hmm. wow and there's, I, I remember when still today huh? and i remember when i think it was president obama uh when they went over there uh, with the delegates went over there they was amazed they couldn't believe all of the old cars, and they was just in good condition. Well, I remember when they came a, back, and they was just amazed by that. Yeah, but, you know, I, I was in Cuba, and I mm-hmm. saw a, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Europeans that were living in Cuba. So mm-hmm. I saw, you know, the, the uh, I saw Ferraris, uh, you know, auto dealership. <laughs> Over there, nobody in Cuba can afford it. But uh, the the the, uh, the cars of the fifties, yeah, that was the fifties and the forties. That's what they were all enthused with. And, yeah, and and look at the creativity of of the Cuban people that deal work yeah. with cars that are mechanics. Yeah. What they do is they um, here we call it Mickey Mouse. You know when you when you mm-hmm. uh, improvise, you know, to use something mm-hmm. else. They don't make those parts in Cuba. They can't get parts for those cars in Cuba. These people right. improvise. And um, yeah. and some of the cars are in great condition and the, the upholstery. Yeah. But that was all left behind by the mark, mostly. Uh, because uh, mm-hmm. when Castro uh, was um, to uh, get rid of uh, Batista, who was the president, and he was uh, in with you know, making um, Cuba a, a a tourist paradise, a casino, and this, and and it was big. There was money. People wanted to be there. You know, people wanted to go. It was ninety ninety miles from by, by sea. You know, from mm-hmm. uh, from from Florida. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you when you look at the uh, the furthest point in Florida, Key West. From there to Cuba is 90 miles. So 
you know, they were taking, you know, people were going on their yachts and people were going to Cuba and they were, they were partying up a storm and, uh, but there was a lot of poor people and now there's even more poor, poor people 63 years later and the music uh, took a hit because it was never exposed to us, you know, believe it or not. Right. It was exposed yeah. in Europe. This music has been going to Europe all these years and South America and Central America and other Caribbean mm. countries and Asia, but not the United mm. States. Yeah. And it all has to do with people wanting, you know, dancing. Politics. You know, well, partly with with politics, but the what I'm saying is that the 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 passion and the 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 calling of you know for dancers to hear music like this and dance to it and feel good because I've never seen people dancing any of this music and with a frown on their face. I mean, they are happy to be moving their body and making certain, you know, uh, dance moves, techniques that, you know, um, make for a nice, uh, for enjoyment. So, you know, yeah. the the, uh, the music has evolved. You know, we, you know, the Fania, Fania came in with Salsa in the 70s strong as a brand. So, and they... It was all over the world. They did a world tour. And as a matter of fact, they even went to Cuba. But the Fania, mm -hmm. you know, as a brand, you know, uh, won that entire generation uh, because Songo, you know, won the hearts of the Cubans. And uh, Salsa was a commercially uh, accepted, you know, uh, genre, tropical dance music. And then that has been evolving. So, um, you know, it, it's strange to think that you know here in America, <laughs> you know how can how can some people have so much power to keep music out of the e uh, of the ears, uh, you know, one of the five senses of human beings uh, of Americans, you know. So <clears throat> right, but here we are today. This is this is truth to power, Beverly. You know, only on your show uh, can we have a discussion about this and. Uh, and bring to light, you know, that, um, you know, these things did happen. And, and to tell you the truth, they're still happening. Uh, the music mm -hmm. is not played on commercial radio. Uh, the multinationals control, um, you know, 85% of the recorded music that you hear out there. Well, I don't care if it's urban or pop or tropical Latin or, you know, R&B, uh, country. You know, the three multinationals own 80, 80, 85% of, of the music that we listen to. And another 15%, you know, is from independent record labels that don't have the deep pockets to promote the music and market right. and, and support, yeah. you know, the tours. Because, you know, you, you go you to record a record, you get on the radio, you're on TV interviews, newspaper interviews, and then you go on the road you know, with a band. You might do, you know, U.S. tour, you might do a European tour, but somebody has to pay for that. And don't mm -hmm. forget, that money has to be paid back before the artists <laughs> make the, the artists make any money. Uh, so, uh, but uh, you know, here we are today on your show, and um, we're able to discuss uh, this music, and uh, I, I, I love it. I've been to Cuba. I've seen. You know, this music performed live 
uh, on the streets of, of, of Havana, but I'm talking about from the, where the band is for as far as the eye can see is an ocean of people. And they're mm-hmm. all moving, and there's no, they're, they're just moving. Everybody looks so happy in a miserable place. It's incredible. Right. So, how about you? Do you feel the music? Oh, definitely. You have to be dead if you don't feel the music. Cause, you know, music is universal. So uh, you definitely can feel this music. And, I, you know, to me, it's like through the politics, it was the people of America lost not to be able to hear and enjoy this music along with the other music. Well, the irony is it was it was Cubans <laughs> that they didn't allow people to hear their own music. I mean, that's the irony. Yeah. Uh, because okay. they hated wow. Castro with a passion. Um, I once um, uh, did an event um, well, like I was mentioning it earlier with Bonavista Social Club, these are old old timers and I walked there was a a bomb scare. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, everybody had to get out. When I got there, you know, p- people were coming out of the convention center and uh I saw and in front of the entrance were a Cuban organization with pickets Calling everybody a wow. Okay. So this is their own people. You know, their own people saying, no, because they hate Fidel Castro so much. Anything that could identify with, uh, I mean, it was really stupid. You got to admit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got to admit. In this country, uh, you know, we hear music from all over the world, from Mm -hmm. China. Everywhere, um, not that it's commercial, but you know you have shows that come in, but they gave people a really hard time, you know, to get their music in here, especially for live performances. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm. Uh, I mean, you see these groups live, Beverly. You know, it's a whole different scene, you know, because right. you, you you feel it, and the recordings mm-hmm. don't don't do them justice, but. And they should get a little glimpse at the hero of what was happening at that time in the 70s with a great, incredible group called Iraquere. And, um, you know, led by the great pianist, uh, composer Chucho Valdez. So, you know, he opened the doors for, for all these Cuban groups uh, to follow. And um, mm-hmm. it still goes on today. It still goes on this. I was um, working with a older gentleman, a guitarist, a female folk guitarist, singer, one of the members of the Buenos Aires Social And uh, when I was putting together his tour, uh, his name, you know, it, it, uh, it was incredible. They said, hey, look, you could perform, you know, you could book over here, but you could book over there, New York, Chicago, Toronto, San Francisco. But nothing in Miami. Mm. Nothing in Miami. Because there's where still today the the hardcore, you know, Cuban community that left everything in Cuba because of Fidel Castro took every took over everything. Um 
and family that left, you know, to come to America to flee uh, that country, uh, you know, they're dying off, you know, but um, but they they still have the influence of their children and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. That you know, still feel the same way their father felt because or their mother felt because you know Fidel Castro did this to their parents, you know. So they um, and they and they have positions that can change this. You know, some of them own radio networks, Spanish radio networks okay. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, it's it, it was it's a tragedy, but you know, once again, I, I think that just by the, the law of attraction, this yes. music is so good that lately I've been seeing more and more of this style of music coming uh, across the airways. Puerto Rico okay. and my travels in, in South America and my travels in Europe, um, but okay. not not. In way that it could become a, you know, a style of music that would um, create some kind of movement, you know, with the, with the younger mm-hmm. demographic. And um, young people love to dance this music, and, you know, just not here in America. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I don't know what else you have lined up for us there. I think I... I, I okay, we're going a, into... We're going into what's this lost band band? Okay, okay. We're going into now, you know, the eighties, the nineties, what was happening with that sound that we heard from Irakere becoming a a a a style that is called today still Kimba T like in Tommy, I am Mary, B-Boy, A, Timba. And once again, there's a dance, it's, you know, the same kind of dance, you know, it was just a little bit different. Now we're going to hear violins, you know. We're going to hear, mm-hmm. you know, good orchestrations. Uh, uh, once again, the vocals, you know, you hear this kind of like a gruff voice of a pleading, you know, yeah, you know scream. <laughs> I don't know how to put it exactly, but it's, they, they sing with feeling. I, I think that's the most important okay. uh, point I can make. So, Los Van Van, incredible group. Um, once again, uh, for the listeners, Van Van, it's V like in victory. Hey, Adam and Nancy, repeat it. You know, mm-hmm. Von Von, Von Von from Cuba. Check it out on YouTube. Spotify and or wherever you listen to your digital music. Okay, here we go. Es difícil, Porque hay que conocer 
a compensar Forma 
primero, me pegó con dos, vaya, me pegó con cuatro, dice, me pegó con seis, tremendo arrebato. Gracias, bamba, felicidad a todos ustedes. Gracias.
Por internet, mándame una respuesta. Vamos, publicamos. 
we've been listening to the forbidden music of Cuba by way of Eddie Rodriguez. And Eddie is coming to us from Puerto Rico. Go ahead, Eddie. I'm coming to you live on my iPhone speaker from (laughs) Arroyo, Puerto Rico, the uh, town in Puerto Rico that uh, Samuel Morse tested his telegraph. As a matter of fact, there's a street called Morse Street. It's the main street, and there's a theater that's called the Telegraph here in Arroyo. And they have a, a monument to Samuel Morse uh, in this town. So uh, it's a beautiful town. I'm on the coast, the Caribbean coast, uh, southeast uh, side of the island. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight, Beverly. I hope you were able to feel some of the music that we've been uh, yeah. curating for your program. So give a little taste, a little, a little uh, educate and entertain at the same time. You know, it's, it's incredible. You know, when I say that, you know, when I heard this music live in Cuba, um, it, it was it was something. It was magical because if people were were dancing. You know, they had nothing else because they have nothing else. And but the music moved them, gave them a little moment of happiness, of joy, and the dance, the the, the way that uh, Cuban. Uh, you know, dance form of timba is uh, very much uh, a um, a dance where your your body is is like you know you're moving your body. Uh, it's nothing like the booty dance in, in hip hop, you know, and things like that. Right. Or in Latin or urban dance called el perreo. But believe it or not, you know uh, what I saw during that time in Cuba was I saw children three years old dancing. And I saw their grandmothers, 90, 80, 90 years old, dancing, moving their body, moving their hips, moving their shoulders, mm-hmm. moving their, you know, it, 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 I believe that this would would have become, uh, the, it would have taken over salsa music because the rhythm, the, the beat, it's just the chord changes, the, the, the vocal delivery. The drum kit, you know, the you know the, the Latin percussion, the violins, in this case with the zambon, um, the arrangements were incredible. You know, all geared to come to a crescendo, you know, and then you know come out with this beat that you know you just you know I don't know about you, Beverly, but. <laughs> I hear music like this, and I say, "My God, what what God given talent to the composers and the arrangers and the yeah. musicians that were able to leave this music for us to enjoy today." Um, whether you dance or you you don't dance, uh, if you love music and you know, especially world music, I think that this particular sound is something that is going to be around for a long, long time. Versus, yeah. The salsa music that I grew up with, um, you know, that that, that theme song uh, that we have, uh, Jumping with Symphony Sid, uh, composed by the late Ezequiel Puente, um, was a big band sound back then. But then you started with the singers and the smaller groups and then the final all-stars. You had all these bands, all these solo artists, singers. And, you know, there were so many of them that, you know, it became a movement. 
Um, but the, 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 the most important point was that in New York, you could go see these groups live, performing live. You heard them on AM radio when, when you heard them live. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a game changer. You know, because you say, wow, look at you know the sound. You know, so and if you like to dance, obviously that was the uh, attraction uh, because you know you dance with someone, um, you know, woman or being a girlfriend or whatever, but that, that they knew how to dance. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they dance all night, and you know, so. <clears throat> all day because they used to have afternoon shows back in New York at the Hunts Point Palace. They used to put 10 of these bands together in one day. Wow. Uh, they, they, uh, this type of music wasn't able to make it to that point where they could have a lot of groups performing at, you know, around the city, especially at that time. Today, the salsa movement is, is the live musicians, the work for live musicians is in, is in jeopardy in New York City. Because the club owners, you know, they want people to come and pay the cover charge and, and buy booze and food or whatever they have mm-hmm. to serve. And they have a DJ instead of hiring a 12-piece or an 8-piece or 10-piece band. Um, and what they do is most of these guys have a kind of a following some of these DJs, and so do the salsa bands. But uh, the... Um, DJs, a lot of them have radio shows, so they're popular on radio, and they draw a crowd. So they took uh, the live, the live music uh, out of New York City, and so you have you know, DJs all over performing all over the place, and very few Latin salsa bands or merengue bands or bachata bands. Um, in New York City, we have you know many many uh, different uh, um, you know. Latin or Hispanic or Spanish-speaking cultures, you know, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba, uh, Colombian. And so I'm glad that we had this opportunity to at least begin the process. Uh, uh, I'd like to continue, Beverly, if you allow me to come back next yeah. week. Yes, Start, you definitely. Know, this, is, this is the music that I believe uh, had gone from songo to timba, what we just heard, to now mm-hmm. we have other groups and, and the style of music they're calling. That was the roots of the music that we now call Cuban salsa music. And it okay. is a distinct style of dancing, much different than salsa from the days of New York. And then prior to that, mambo on the one uh, you know, it was the style, you know, during the 50s and 60s and the 70s, salsa style was a different style of dancing, a lot of turns and, you know, it wasn't such a, 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 a show, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, where, where uh, you know, you see these, these dance shows and these, some of these people are, I think, dancing incredible in television, you see competitions. But, you know, there's just so many different styles right now, and I think that Cuban salsa is going to win. I think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. These new groups that are coming out that are from the States, and uh, since they don't have anything to do with Cuba except being Cuban Americans themselves, 
I think it will make a difference with the younger demographics, not with the older salsa uh, uh, 65 and over crowd. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a dance mm-hmm. where you have, to, you have to move, you know? It's a yeah, even salsa. Is, to. It's not your – you have to be athletic. It's be like that, but <laughs> you don't have to be – Athletic. All you have to do, if you want to dance, all you have to do is move your feet back and forth, sideways, mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. You, if you feel the music, then you can dance it. You don't have to be, a, yes, or a, a, a competitive dancer, you know, competition, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. professional dancer. So, I think it's good for all ages. Like I said, and uh, I hope you'll join me on this uh, journey to. To bring this music to light and start um, playing some of the newer groups of uh, this Cuban salsa music mm-hmm. that was born from timba, and timba was born born from songo, and songo was born from son. Uh, uh, Cuban is Cuba, the traditional music of Cuba is a son, S O N, and you know they just kept it in there. It's uh, the, the, the feeling is, is more important than anything else. So with, with that, I'll say good night, and I hope uh, you um, and, will join us next and, week. Uh, the audience yes. can you know, just tune in, Truth to Power, Beverly D, every Thursday, 7 to yes. 11 p.m. We talk politics, we talk spiritual, we talk music. Latin music is a theme. And um, yes. we'll be here next week with more forbidden music from Cuba. Cuba. And I, just Cuba to, and, and I just wanted to say before we, we leave, um, you know, I think that it's just perfect uh, for this music during this time because we're being bombarded with all kind of negativity and and you know just low energy and when you put this music on it makes it a happy and even with the moving of the hips and the moving of the body with the beat of the music that's spiritual you stirring up some happiness you stirring up you know so i think that this at this time it's really going to push through all of this negativity and depression. How are you going to be down and out when you hear music like this with the beats and the the tones and the vibration and the movement? I just think it's perfect timing. So uh, Eddie Rodriguez is with us in Puerto Rico, and I'm here in Detroit, and we will be back. Oh, wow, what did I do here? I lost my space. And we will be back uh, next Thursday with uh, the forbidden music from Cuba. And, and from Cuba, forbidden music from Cuba, 63 years of censorship of this music on the airwaves of the USA. Once again, thank you very much, Beverly, uh, for inviting me on thank your you. show. Um, I want to say, you know, I, I just heard the news of a good friend uh of mine that, that passed away, you know, Rudy uh, from the old block. That's how we used to call him. Uh, um, you know, a wonderful spirit, soul. He's now with his maker. And, um, you know, that was, um, we heard about it today. So, um, oh. and, you know, Juan Formel from the, from the front line, he's gone. 
Juan Formel, the bass player, the leader. And recently, his son, because he gave, you know, after he passed, his son, Juan Formel, or Juan Carlos Formel, took over the, mm-hmm. you know, to lead the band. And um, recently, he passed away. So the only one left uh, that from the from the family that formed that group, Rose Von Von, is the daughter. And her name is Von Nessa. <laughs> Rose Von Von. Okay. Okay, and, Von Nessa. Yeah, those ones on show. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up with um, the music of you know the late great and uh, uh, Hill Saint Louis. I don't know why you have queued yeah. up. Um, uh, I uh, have we want blues. Uh, the blues. Huh? I have the Hilton blues uh, for cause. Blues for cause. Blues for cause. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, he had another one. It was, uh, it was uh, something for Eddie. That was for Eddie Palmieri, uh, the great pianist. Okay. You know, Eddie's in the 50s. Uh, so those two tunes, and then we have our closing theme song. So, Beverly, thank you once again for inviting me, and better love to you and to your audience. And a big shout-out to my friends in, in New Jersey and uh, – um, I miss my family. My family listens in, so my wife and my children. So um, thank you once again, Beverly, for giving me this opportunity to bring some music to your listeners. Have a good night. Bet- All right. Better love.